of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And I'm so excited. This is one of the big ones for me. Paul, please introduce tonight's movie. I'm hoping you're excited in the right way. Because um, <laughs> we're going full on vampire boobies and lesbians with Hammers the Vampire Lovers. Yeah, and you were already ensured we're going to get labelled mature <laughs> content. <I> mean, <laughs> yes. It's the Vampire Lovers, which is um, a Hammer movie from 1970 directed by Roy Ward Baker, starring Ingrid Pitt and, and lots of other great stuff as, as, as well. Where do we even start talking about vampire lovers? Oh, I know. We should talk about the source material. Um, okay. So this is based on the novella Carmilla by Joseph Sheridan Leifanyu, who was a, an Irish writer in Victorian times. And this, this is a, a vampire story that that predates Dracula by about 25 years, something like that. Yeah. And um, which Bram Stoker had read and was an admirer of. And um, indeed the kind of missing chapter of Dracula, which is like was later published as Dracula's guest that that's generally regarded as like a tribute to Carmilla. And yeah. And, and it's, it's a really fine um, novella. So it was um, basically printed in a collection called Inner Glass Darkly, which was, uh, I think, Sheridan Lafayette's uh, last ever um, collection, in fact, published during his lifetime. And, and it was, so that's a weird thing. It's like three short stories and two novellas. And this is the, the last the, the last one. But it's really good. It really, I mean, the other stories, maybe not so much, but, but it, it, this story really does... Um, reward the reader i think it's really good i i, I read it back back in the 90s when i first got interested in gothic and it was one, one of my absolute favorites and it's been adapted for the screen many times and it's been adapted unsuccessfully <laughs> most <laughs> of those times so, um, i mean we won't talk about other films now particularly but this was uh, first adapted kind of by uh, a guy called Carl Dreyer back in 1929, something like that. And he, he made a film called Vampire, which is credited as uh, being based on Inner Glass Darkly. Um, but really, if you, you watch it, it's really um, like Nosferatu. It, it's okay. a copyright dodging Jackson <laughs> film, really. <laughs> but... Um, but, but, but yeah, and then, then there have been quite a few others. There's um, Roger Vadim's Blood and Roses, um, which is quite an interesting kind of Euro art house horror. Roger Vadim, who did Barbarella. Yeah. Um, and it, that, that film is quite hard to get hold of now, but I love Carmilla so much that so I have got that film and I've watched it, you know, not too long ago. And it's kind of exactly as you would imagine an art house European 60s <laughs> horror film to be. It, it, and it does diverge from the source material quite a lot. There, there's also quite a good European 60s um, adaption of this, which is called something like Vault of Horror or um, a Crypt of Horror. It's got lots of different titles, Italian film, but with, with Christopher Lee as uh, Count Karnstein. 
and then that's on that's usually on Amazon Prime, and that that's not bad. That's quite loyal, okay. but but quite 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 low budget European, but it's, it's uh, not bad. Um, and um, there are more recent, um, lots of more recent uh, Carmillas actually. Uh, there's one just a couple of years ago, um, like a feminist Carmilla, which I really liked, British uh, femi- feminist Carmilla with um, uh, Jessica Rain. Um, right. that, that was really good. And um, yeah, there was a, there was like a YouTube Carmilla, which was like a an, an LGBT version of it from okay. a few years ago that um, spawned into a low budget movie. That was all right. I watched the, the YouTube stuff. That was quite good. Uh, and then there was some really quite bad. Uh, there's a there's a film sometimes called Angel of Darkness and sometimes called okay. something else, um, um, but not not called <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and that's weirdly got Stephen Ray in it, but uh, um, it's that's not particularly good. Okay. <laughs> so, but but mm. and this all this all t- takes me um, th- along to the Vampire Lovers, which which to to my mind is probably the it's probably the most loyal. Uh, it's certainly I think okay. the, the the most loyal to the to to the book. It's not exactly like the book, but it's kind of. Um, it, it follows it follows the the plot of the novella so closely that actually things you think they might change to make more cinematic they just don't right <laughs> they just do it like it's in the book <laughs> so so um it, 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 yeah. so it's by far i think the most loyal of the adaptions i've seen and as you can tell okay I mean, i've that's seen a lot interesting yeah cuz cuz i i haven't read the original story it's like a um, hundred pages. It's worth reading. Yeah, yeah. and it, like um, as as you kind of expect, like I mean, Dracula's the same because that's yeah. obviously Dracula's brilliant. But that's but the book Dracula is different to any adaption of it, and, yeah. and, and Carmilla again is the same. And the the last thing I want to say before we actually talk about the film we're supposed to be talking about is that this this was quite a big hit, The Vampire Lovers, and it, it spawned a whole genre. Or subgenre, yes, the lesbian vampire movie, um, and and it's it's fair to say that it, um, these were exploitation films. There were quite a lot of them, and they were really badly parodied, like the worst possible kind of parody. Uh, in the uh, it's about ten or fifteen years old now, isn't it? The um, yeah. the James Corden movie, Lesbian so Vampire Killer. So what you're saying is this this film is directly responsible for james gordon well i don't i i think nearly responsible for ruining his career rather than (laughs) for launching it to be honest (laughs) um yeah so don't i mean you might think the lesbian vampire killers would be really worthwhile but it you know um, we're never going to do an episode on it because we'll never find anything nice to say about it oh it's got paul mcgann in it okay <laughs> there, <laughs> but but um, but no, this is the original. So, Paul, do you want to stop me from rambling on? <laughs> um, I guess so. Um, so the first thing I noticed about this was this was I don't know if there have been others like this, but I did notice it was a um, a co-production with um, American International. Pictures. Yeah, exactly. The one and only 
um, yeah. co-production between Hammer and American International Pictures. Now that that's a really interesting story. Yeah, because they were obviously more famous for the Edgar Allan Poe adaptations, which had kind of run their course by yeah. 1970. In fact, well, the last one had already happened, hadn't it? The Tomb of Ligeia, I think. That yeah. Was. Two or three years earlier, um, yeah, and Hammer had lost its big international distributors by 1970. So the, the Empire Lovers 1970, um, yeah. so, and this this deal was kind of to try and make up for that, um, but it, it didn't because well, I mean, it did for one film, but they didn't ever ca- carry it on. And it's and it's interesting. To think why because this film was a hit this was a hit film I mean, but i understand american international didn't really like working with hammer i think they found them to be okay. a bit of a two-bit operation which um and good there's rich, a good i mean i watched the blu-ray of the vampire lovers i watched it today and there's a nice little documentary which i also watched and um in the documentary it says that makes the point that the real creative um like showrunners, the, the creative people that Hammer had gone. I mean, mm. basically Anthony Hines and Michael Carreras. So there was no one for AIP to deal with. <laughs> it wasn't right. a shyster. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it seems that by the end of 1970, Hammer had reappointed Michael Carreras. But also, also um, I think it, it's I think it's worth mentioning that this is probably Hammer's last hit film, certainly of the classic yeah. period. Um yeah, I mean, Hammer by the end of the 1970s had gone out of business, effectively, and um, they made plenty of other. They've made plenty of films, and particularly the early 70s. I don't think any of them were particularly commercially successful after this one. No, and I've actually got, I've actually got a theory as to well, one of the one one reason I think is that. Um, it, it, it took Hammer in the wrong direction. So, so um, you, you alluded to the fact that this is a bit more ex- explicit. There's nudity yeah. in it. I mean, there was always kind of a bit of gore in Hammer, wasn't there? Going yeah. back to the fifties, but but they've added a bit of, of of nudity for this film, and that was in response, in fact, to the censorship rules changing. the The X certificate had changed in 1970. And, and this was they'd actually put this into production, um, anticipating that it would happen. I think right. um, the rule wasn't due to change till d- July, but they started filming this in January, so they were waiting for this um, <laughs> the, this liberalisation to happen. So then, then, and this was reflecting wider changes in 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 in, in society. Um, the, the the you know the permissive society was actually something that that. Um, Ingrid Pitt mentioned in the press materials it was it, it was something that happened and I think the, the, mm. the in in Britain we we kind of reluctantly said oh okay then you can have <laughs> you you can see this stuff if you want to <laughs> um, and so there was this new X certificate um, and and so they I mean they they found um, actors prepared to do the nudity which yeah um, I think which is where um, Ingrid Pitt came 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 in. She was quite happy to do it. Didn't 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 bother her. Um, no. And uh, although because she had already made a name for herself in a war film, um, where Eagles yeah. where Eagles Dare. So so she, she apparently that's where Michael Carreras had 
seen her apparently. It, well, yeah, yeah, it met her at a party apparently, ah. having already seen that film. Yeah, um, but 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 um, but why, where I think Hammer went wrong is that um, although for for one film, yeah, great, um, but the, then they they tried to keep doing it a little bit uh, with subsequent yeah. f- films, and it, they did a couple of sort of loose sequels to this, and and, and um, I think. That was fine in the UK, uh, where because in the UK the audience was adults for these horror films. Yeah. Um, in America, from quite early on, the audience for Hammer Horror was kids. Okay. And and so if you put sex in it, you completely you you, you completely just your audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like putting sex in a Pixar film. You can't do it because <laughs> <laughs> they can't watch it anymore. Um, and, and, and and yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, like I said, Hammer had already lost their uh, big American distribution deals, um, which which is uh, sad, but they were never going to get them back doing this kind of thing. Or yeah. they were never going to attract their old audience back doing, doing this kind of thing. So I think it was a, I, th- I think it was a misstep just because, I mean, Hammer was um, financed. A lot of the money came from America. And when that, dried up they needed to get it back or otherwise they ended up making um lower budget movies financed by like emi and you know rank organization just yeah. for the domestic market yeah. so they've got the same budget as a carry-on film and yeah and and, and you know that that all dried up by the mid 70s anyway because um color tv had come in in 1970 so so that those kind of domestic movies were there was that, that all moved to television yeah this is good this is really <laughs> you can tell you can tell can't you i love this film <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, uh, uh, yeah so let's 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 do let's do a little bit about the plot let's 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 go through okay. let's, let's see what we're dealing with right so it opens a little bit differently, I guess, from other Hammer films. That is, um, an, a note being signed, sort of a, not really a last will and testament, but last sort of statement type thing. It's so bizarre. The way this opens yeah. is so bizarre because it introduces yeah. the character of Baron Hartog, yeah. who, who, who is, who is not the main character in the film. He's not even the main guest star in the film. It's kind of strange, isn't it? But yeah. but Baron Hartog playing by played by Douglas, Douglas Wilmer. Douglas Wilmer, yeah. Who so there are two Sherlock Holmes in this. Exactly. And in fact oh. uh, um, Douglas Wilmer made um a Sherlock Holmes series for the BBC in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. And um the That's other the, the other Peter Cushing. actor. Yeah. Peter Cushing, who is General Spielsdorf, who we, yeah. we meet just after the, this little intro where Baron Har- Hartog's talking about how his sister's been murdered by vampires. So he tracked yeah. the vampires down to their lair, which was Castle, the ruins of Castle Karnstein. And and yeah. there were some... Uh, it, all of these Hammer films, um, that, that they, they kind of have slightly different rules to how vampires work. Don't yeah, they? so this... This introduces a slightly different one about stealing its shroud. Yeah, which, which is bu- which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't kill them. It means they can't rest. Yeah. So, so um, while the vampire who, who who's, we see in in kind of um, like 
it, covered in sheets, basically. It's, like it's, a, it's, it's a <laughs> so really we, odd, odd kind of sequence where because it's almost like kind of interpretive dance. Yeah, yeah. Or well, dreamlike. It's just but weird. I, I like. Yeah. You see, yeah. I've always thought the thing I like about I really like about Hammer Horror is gothic fantasy because it's gothic fantasies. Yeah. I never really find that they're not really. I never. I don't really see them as horror films but but as like dark gothic things and and, yeah. and it really leans into that with like right, this dreamlike imagery it's quite fan i mean Roy ward baker who's the director of this um he he he, he quite liked that kind of thing as well the kind of magical elements to it so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, you, you, you're right. This kind of sort of hallucinatory sequence where the the sort of uh, shrouded but also shroudless <laughs> vampire go, and you get like POV shot, don't you? Of the, um, mm. the, the 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 vampire going for uh, going into town and then um, and then picking off a, a, yeah. a drunk, basically. Yeah. Um, and and then coming back, he's going outside to have a wee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a sort of first for a Hammer film, I think. So I think you might be right. <laughs> I think you <laughs> might be right. <laughs> uh, um, I bet they didn't put that on the poster. <laughs> yeah. More gore, more nudity, and more weeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure he ever manages to because of his um, untimely death. But yeah. then, uh, then, then the, the the sated vampire goes back to the grave, can't find the shroud. But then uh, Ban Hartog taunts the vampire with the shroud, and so then then we finally see the vampire, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a, like a young, attractive woman. Yeah, in in a see through nighty. <laughs> so. Obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is only a slight modification of what um, the wardrobe often was in in Hammer. But yeah, yeah, but they were just they were. It was hinted that they were see through rather than actually, obviously <laughs> actually being see through. Um, but then, um, but 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 then Baron Hartog manages to very. Easily behead this vampire. Yeah, because he's got. Us, yeah, um, and 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 yeah. So, um, I have to say that's quite well done. I think. What well, the, the effect? Bit. Yeah, it must I think be it's a very a, sharp sword. Well, yeah, you know, we need to have a couple of goes to to do that. But yeah, it's a. But it's it's a it's a really I think it's a really good effect, and obviously it's a bit more graphic than previous hammer films yeah yeah so uh, you, you, you you already had i mean so so it is a slightly strange uh, this opening sequence because it's followed by another opening sequence but yeah. but it does set the parameters doesn't it that um that this is going to be a bit uh, there's going to be a, it's well, going to be a bit racier and also well, a bit bloodier there's, than you, there's a bit where um uh hartog is being transfixed by the female vampire initially yeah and and he sort of fights it and then eventually beheads her but there's a bit where he he almost gives in and she comes right up to him and he's wearing a crucifix which goes right in between her cleavage 
as if to say, look, this is what's coming, lads. And yeah. then and then she backs off and he chops her head off. But I, I noticed that that sort of very obvious cleavage shot. So, so yeah, yeah, you know, you're, which, you're right. Which you probably wouldn't have had in earlier films. Uh, I think you you're right. So yeah. it's it's very different. But but it is weird because then it goes into this second introduction sequence, which, yeah. which is more or less a, a kind of um, abbreviated version of the main film um, yeah. as, as a kind of prologue. Um, yeah. Because you've got General Spielstore, Peter Cushing's holding a ball. Um, you meet um, Emma and her father, Arthur Daly. Yeah. Here going under the alias of, of <laughs> Mr. Morton, but but it's definitely it's it's George Cole. So yeah. um, well, it, when was Scars of Dracula? That wasn't around the same sort of time, wasn't it? I believe Scars of Dracula was. Or is that a little bit later? Because obviously Dennis Waterman's in that. Yeah, I, I think they were very close to each other. Yeah. They must have been very close to each other. Scars of Dracula and. You know, we should really look that up because that, that was definitely going to come up. But <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure which one came first. I, I think Scars of Dracula came first. Yeah, it doesn't but, really matter because we're not talking about that. No, and, and Minder was in the 80s, wasn't it? So they definitely. It was, yeah. Uh, uh, Roy Ward Baker was not casting based on whether people were in Minder, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Roy Ward Baker did, didn't um, direct a couple of episodes of Minder, though. Well, I mean, he, he was a TV director at that time. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, anyway, um, Arthur Daly leaves because he's not in this bit. Uh, no, no, no. no. And, well, and, and then you. This was the thing. So, jumping slightly ahead, this, this, this is the thing where I thought I couldn't remember how long he was at the party for because I was convinced that he might have seen Ingrid Pitt's character there, but clearly he'd left before that point. Yes. Yes. He fortunate, fortunately for, for the plot, he he had left before um, the countess and her yeah. daughter, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Merkula or something like that. <laughs> Is it Mia Carla? Mia Carla, maybe. Um, yeah. No, Mark. No, Marcella. Yeah. Um, so, That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I think so, Mia so, Carla's the second bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's always got to have an alias, which is an anagram of her actual name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so, so she, she comes in, has a dance with um, one of the local lads, but she's always looking at Pippa Steele, who's General Spielstor's daughter. Yeah. Um, and who's engaged to be married to Carl, um, yeah. who's played by John Finch, who was a very respectable Shakespearean actor. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and was in some Polanski films and some, yeah. So, yeah. so but he, here he's like the junior lead. Yeah, um, yeah. Here he's, he's not respectable at all. <laughs> <laughs> he does, there's not a lot of acting for him to do here, but, you know, yeah. he's, he's in the Dennis Waterman role, in fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, you kind of get early hints that that um, In- Ingrid Pitt's character, Marcella, whatever, is is not interested in the men. She's interested in the pretty girl. 
yeah, dan- dancing around, which is uh, which is different to the other Karnstein, who obviously was interested in, or seemed to be, he went for male victims, um, yeah. and 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 then you have like a a few minute sequence, don't you? As um, um, after some elaborate scam means that that um, Marcilla has to stay with the Spills doors. Then she gets close to the daughter, uh, whose name is Laura in this, which I think is wrong, based on I think I think the names in the book are different. But anyway, um, L- L- yeah, L- and Laura gets slowly ill and then dies, yeah. and um. Yeah, and then Marcella leaves. She she leaves as as Tori goes, and General Spears was all upset. Um, but but then then the action flips to um, back to Mister Morton, who um, uh, and Emma, and then there's another elaborate scam. Uh, <laughs> Involving a coach crash, and Carmilla comes to stay. Who's this? Obviously, the same girl. Ingrid Pitt comes to stay with um, with, with Emma. Uh, Emma's played by Madeline Smith. Yeah. Uh, so and, see that. Yeah, go on. And and uh, has a governess, uh, Madame Peridon, who's played by Kate Amara. Yeah. So, um, just going back to the the first section with Peter Cushing or yeah. the first mini version of this film um, there were a couple of things I, I pointed out there um, firstly that there's um, the doctor and it seems a bit blasé about everything oh played by Ferdy Main yes yeah um, and but- then then he does does goes in and, and like rather unnecessarily I think gets gets Pippa Steele's chest out like you know which you know he, he could have listened to her chest without getting a most of her top off he's a medical um, man it's nothing <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then but then he seemed then there's this is the bit which kind of I, I all the way through watching this film kind of bugs me a little bit in in that um he notices that she's got the bites in in, in her in her chest with the, the the bite holes that are vampire things and he he does a kind of a sort of knowing nod to to peter cushing as if to say oh yeah vampires and 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 to me it sort of seems like is this is this a common thing it's sort of like a weird superstition but because he's so blasé about the way he acts, he's, he's kind of going, oh, yeah, it's another bloody vampire or something. Is that kind of feeling he, he sort of, I get from that. Interesting, I interesting thing. I don't, think so, that's, I don't think that's intentional, but... No, no, because, like you say, in the previous scene, he just dismissed it as anemia. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She's starving herself. She just needs a bit of iron, a bit of red meat, have a glass of port, she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, have a that's not bad doctoring, have a glass of port. Um, yeah, so but 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 yeah, but he then he because these are, um, like in, in Austria, um, so so I think he I think he possibly does recognize too late that it's vampirism and it's yeah. it is too late because, um, because Marcilla is gone, but you can see that General Spielsdorf is suspicious of Marcilla. 
but yeah. not I think because he thinks she's a vampire. I, no. I think he I think he just does not like the closeness of their relationship. I think that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it but it just that, that it's that one little gesture just almost suggests that it's kind of a bit rife and everyone and that is alluded to is. that is alluded to later because they, they there is a conversation they have with Morton that's saying, Well, you're English, you wouldn't understand, but oh, yeah. we, we 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 know about this and we know what to do. <laughs> yeah, but it just I don't know, just sort of it seemed like and then I suppose later on the the general does know what to do, so but then he's been hanging out with like his count other Sherlock Holmes counterpart. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention the Dracula cosplayer in this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so that's John Forbes Robertson. Yes. Who who plays? Um, I guess it, it, well, it. It's not really explained, is it? I'm assuming it's Count Karnstein. So, so I don't know. The, the, yes, I mean he's got fangs and stuff. So you perhaps he kind of just hangs around. But then in the plot, it seems like. The Hartogs killed all the other Karnsteins. Uh, so, so um, 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 like uh, Carmilla's the one he couldn't find. So, yeah. so, because so, so who I and mean, the um, the Countess is played by Dawn Adams, who, who was a yeah. quite popular um, female actor from slightly earlier in British film. Um, making a guest, I think she's billed as a guest star. Um, and, and you got you know John Forbes Robertson, who by the way doesn't have a line. And has right. terrible um, white stage makeup on. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like, yeah. And it looks really grey at certain points. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I think, I mean, I think I mean, there are Nick, vampires. Yeah, uh, probably he's both Dracula's of them. cloak, isn't he, as well? Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, and, of course, after this, he played Dracula in Legends yeah. of the Vampires. Briefly, but he did. Um I don't, I'm pretty sure he didn't. They didn't use his voice though. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> um, I, I think my theory is that these are vampire servants, essentially. Right. Um, yeah, but, um, but it's I, sort of I, not. They don't ever really explain why he's there, other than I guess there's still a vampire on the loose at the end. Oh, so um, uh, so a couple of things from from the uh, what we're reading up on this. One, Peter Cushing was added to the cast again as a guest star because um, AIP wanted a, like a hammer face, so it was yeah. going to be him or Christopher Lee, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so, so um, that's why Peter Cushing's in it, but in a smaller role because he's not he's he's a supporting character and. Um, he, he was John Ford Robertson's character was supposed to die at the end. A, AIP right. asked that he not because um, they were interested in a p- potential sequel. Okay. So, and, and indeed um, the character does appear in the sequel. That's, that's Mike Raven. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's recast, but the character is in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I think uh, going back forwards again to the, yeah. like, the midsection of, of the film, you like I say, it's just a, like a longer version of what we've already seen. Yeah. Um, 
you, but you really get to see how uh, Carmilla, um, she worms her way into um, into Emma's affections, becomes very close with, with, with her. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, this is lesbian vampire. It's it's, it's like seducing her basically, um, but it's not unreciprocated. Uh, no. it's indeed, it wasn't with Laura, and, and but meanwhile, she's also massacring country girls, isn't isn't, isn't she? Yeah. And um, there's a there's a kind of um, that, that that there is when they set up the rules of vampirism. They do say, oh, sometimes they'll you know court their victims and draw it out, and sometimes they'll just kill them in one go, just mm. sate them for lust for blood, which is you know, I mean, Dracula kind of does that same. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is this is this isn't um, that dissimilar in a lot of ways to the Hammer Dracula, the, the original Hammer Hammer Dracula, because I kind of you sort of you know with with Lucy and Mina, it's kind of <laughs> similar then to to um, uh, Laura and then Emma. So so so, so yeah. that kind of structure seems to have been that that ha- you can see that in Dracula. And and that goes right back to to the to the, the source material being related. I think does that make sense, or am I whispering on? No, no, that does make sense. Yeah. Um. But then, but I really there's some really good stuff as um, Carmilla kind of takes over the the, the household, particularly when when Mister Morton has to go to Vienna on business. Yeah. Uh, Vienna, the Winchester. That's. Right. <laughs> 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 and, um, um. Yeah, and then he um, he leaves Madame Peridon in charge, but um, uh, Carmilla successfully seduces her and sort of semi-vampirizes her, so that yeah, it will, yeah, and glamours her. So so then she starts running the household for Carmilla's benefit, and then yeah. you've got Renton, the kind of does he ballet. just does he just he seems to just appear from nowhere. I don't know. They just he just suddenly comes in well no he's pro- he becomes more prominent character. but he's the butler so. maybe he was kind of there before but yeah being referred to he just suddenly it just seemed like oh hang on where's this guy come from <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, become yeah i know what you mean becomes more prominent but but he starts trying trying to but he he thinks madame peridon is the vampire yeah so he's trying to like foil her with garlic flowers and getting the doctor and stuff and but um but then he stupidly is, lets himself be seduced by Camilla as well, and then and then so then he starts working for for, for Camilla. So she, so and, and all the time she's kind of slowly killing um, Emma, isn't she? And yeah, so she gets iller and iller, which is again exactly like Dracula. Um, and then, um, but but. But Morton is sent for. He's coming back, and he meets up with Spilsdorf and Hartog. So, so basically, the um, the 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 patriarchy have got together, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not having this. They're not having women going off on their own. <laughs> so, so the the, yeah, the mass forces of the the patriarchy sort of um, uh, they 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 kind of um, they well they send Carl to to go and get um to stop Carmilla from getting uh, Emma and, and he basically rescues re- rescues Emma, doesn't he? As, as um, again, in a kind of Dracula-ish way, um, Carmilla's trying to get, take Emma back to her um, 
to, to Castle Karnstein. Mm. Because she doesn't do that. She goes, she ends up going back to Castle Karnstein on her own. And um, then, um, th- then they find her grave and they stake her while she's, um, they stake her while she's asleep, which is weirdly unactiony, but is yeah. what the original ending is. That's what I was kind of, I mean, Roy Ward Baker does a good job of it. He counterpoints it with, um, yeah. with, 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 with Emma and she's a ghost because she can tell what's happening back at the Morton's house. And, but um, um, yeah. And, and, and then it is quite a low key it is. ending. Although, although Cushing then does lob her head off as well. He, he does. So that's, so good that, that's quite striking. And then, then yeah. there's a portrait of her that turns into a, like the Dorian Gray style portrait yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> as I said in my in my notes, I said uh, that's the sort of picture that's available from every supermarket uh, at Halloween time. Do you know those ones I mean? Look at them, and then if you look yeah. at them for a different <laughs> angle. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not in the book, but yeah, that, that there's that. Um, and you, you, you obviously when when Peter Cushing gives gives come into the staking there there's no possible um psychoanalytical reading to that so there's no point in going all freudian (laughs) 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 like i think i did during our our first podcast which was jackie talking about about this yes symbology of staking but there's nothing dodgy about that and the fact that he kind of hesitates and looks a little bit worried before and scared before he he does the staking um yeah exactly and, and morton's looking away isn't he <laughs> he's like i can't watch this <laughs> uh, but then um but then and you're right he does the beheading he, he says it's the only way but it's but <laughs> we know it's not it's just he doesn't no. need to do both it's, he just... it's a bit over the top <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair his daughter his daughter died so i know i know but like... but but he could he could have just chopped her head off. He I think he just wanted to do the staking. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you could have lengthened that scene by going on. And also, you know, to finish it off, we, we need to cut her legs off. <laughs> and then he could have just got really silly. <laughs> just, just, and then with the other the other two men wandering off while Cushing's kind of just just butchering the corpse in a kind of frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> be a bit far darker ending. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe more like his Twins of Evil character, <laughs> uh, but um, and, and and Emma's kind of in the arms of Carl, so so she's she's maybe that, that, turned that, against her sapphic inclinations. <laughs> that Carl kind of um, moves quite quick, doesn't he? Because he was with, <laughs> was with um, the other the other one at the beginning, wasn't he? Well, he got over his heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, um, you, what you going to say? So, yeah, she instantly kind of falls back into the arms of a man. So, which is, you know, which no, is nothing not, to read into that at all. Um, which is not in the book. The book's a bit more complicated. Um, it's, a, it's a bit more subtext, obviously, rather than just overt. But, but yeah. It, um, but there's no indication in the book that that she she that she, she ever got married off. <laughs> no, um, so so in yeah in in this it's like the the yeah I mean it's obvious that um, <laughs> she was the victim of uh, like a, an evil seductress. 
<laughs> that's what they're saying. <laughs> um, we, we, yeah, which is a, a kind of um, interestingly passive take on the character and not, but by the way, you, more modern interpretations of the whole thing are completely different. This is like the, the exploitation version, which keeps the Victorian, the exact, well, keeps the kind of traditional Victorian nature of it and then, um, and then, then adds a bit of exploitation, but, but subsequent adaptions, they, 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 I think you have to you, you, they focus on 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 like LGBT, LGBT or or, or yeah. feminist um, aspects of it and just do it completely differently. And also, you do it like that, and Carmilla's not even a villain. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, so and that, those films are quite interesting when you um, and much more contemporary. But but here, you know. Carmilla is she's quite complex and Ingrid Pitt is quite good um, at portraying that that, that she's, yeah. she's she's kind she's I mean she's and we've seen this a lot in because um, obviously there's been a lot of vampire fiction and, and you see a, a, a lot that become more humanised and conf, conflicted about their nature yeah, yeah. versus yeah. Their, their, their their kind of yeah, human side and, and she's a bit more like that in this which is which a is little bit she kind of acts quite detached i think which is interesting yeah but you you kind of think that that she actually does hold i mean she well, does yeah, this, have this, feelings for for, 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 yeah, for, yeah, for emma seems... she's killing her but but she can't help that no no but she's then there's a really good scene isn't there where she says that she loves her yeah that's that's actually almost like the first bit of emotional outpouring we've we've seen from that character because she's quite kind of detached and indifferent to everything most of the time no i i, I think i think that's right and so I, I think actually um compared to dracula so with dracula they could never find anything for him to say so yeah. so um you had over about six or seven films um, he probably has less dialogue than Common has in one, <laughs> right? So, so he has like in in the original, you have a few dialogue scenes before um, the, before the vampire reveal, and then he never says another word, he never says anything in Prince of Darkness, he, and he occasionally says a few lines in the others. I think Scars of Dracula, he's more talkative than he is basically in any of the others. Yeah, but um, so Roy Wood Baker maybe had a better feel for it but but it's really hard because they make Dracula out as to be such a like epitome of evil who's only really interested in revenge is yeah. a kind of only um uh, driver revenge and bloodlust um whereas uh Carmilla to use that name because um Carmilla's she seems to be more um mostly complicated <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and and that and and that's reflect i mean even when people have done dracula um after hammer they've made dracula they've tried to make more of a character out of him maybe sometimes a tragic hero even um but, but because you can see how you could do that if you simply if you mm-hmm more sympathetic to the vampire you can make them uh, like um uh, 
tragic heroes rather than out and out villains. And f- I think in the late seventies they did that with the Frank Langella version. I think yeah. He- and and then obviously get Gary Oldman in the early nineties. They, they did they did that. And um, but Hammer never did it with Dracula, but they no. did do it here much more so, which is quite. Yeah. I don't know that I ever feel sort of sympathy towards her though. At any point. Well, yeah, okay, so so maybe I think maybe, it sort of does head that. I, know, I think it is heading that way a little bit, but it's not. But yeah, I don't sort of feel any sympathy for her really. Okay, no, I, I, yeah, maybe so. So, well, that that's that's right, and I think maybe um, it's more that you understand her motivations a, yeah. a bit more, and, and and that you can see things a bit more from her point of view. But yeah, you're right. She's 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 she is still the that she she is. Well, she she's a villain because because of her vampiric nature that's that's the thing and that, that's that that's what makes that's what makes a vampire tragic though isn't it that they can't mm. they literally can't help it however they want to behave <laughs> yeah and you do you do see that you do see that with comedy but yeah absolutely i mean you, there's no real show of remorse or anything that's no. just too conflicted about it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll give you so, that. So, right at the end, we get to see something now. Again, I don't think we've seen in certainly in a Hammer Vampire film. In when she sort of rumbled in in the house, she sort of dematerializes. Yeah, I mean, and then appears back at the Karnstein Castle. Little magical touch, and, and um, Robert Baker did them a lot, and some of them work, and some of them don't. That that one, I, I I don't like it just because I mean it's kind of obviously two shots overlaid, isn't it? It's I quite I quite like quite liked it as a sort of idea. I thought I thought it as an idea, well. yes, and execution. Well, I, I didn't think it was that badly done. No, no, I mean I. I I, I'm not going to complain was, about it, but but it was not my favourite shot. I mean, it's also a very convenient way to circumvent um, the sort of plot corner that she had been written into. Like, how does she get out of the house? Well, she'll just dematerialise. And but this yeah. is where the this is where the film it definitely doesn't have the strong ending that the original no. Dracula does because it's heading the same way. But yeah. in, instead of like the chase to the castle, and then and then the the, the really famous showdown between Cushing and Lee with the candlesticks yeah. And, yeah. and stuff, and and the the James Bernard score, and that's yeah. just and amazing. That. It, it, quite it, quite well, that's very physical. That that scene and this end bit isn't physical yeah. in any way at all. No, that, that's right. It, it just it's all, it's almost. Um, it, well, it's yes, and and you you got this because uh, I, I think Hammer. I mean, for money reasons as much as anything, but mm. maybe also this was before the era where people really liked these big action sequences. But um, or, or that you had to have them in everything. Uh, but but it did need something a bit more explosive at the end of it. But then, if you remember, if you remember those later Dracula films. 
right? They don't have big action sequences either. No. Basically, Dracula walks into whatever's going to kill him after about 45 <laughs> seconds of the scene, doesn't he? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the only one that really works in modern terms is the original one because it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, and I, but I would have liked to have a, a I mean, because the way, um, like I say, I know it is original, but but uh, you could have, ha- if you'd have had um, Emma at the um, at Castle Karnstein and her basically articulate and trying to stop them from killing Carmilla Cam- and stuff, yeah. you could have had a, you could have had quite an interesting. Um, it would have been interesting emotionally and and in. Uh, Dramatically as well, and, and, and like actiony, um, but, yeah. And, and but no, they 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 just went for um something that was it's quite it's quite almost lyrical. It's a bit strange yeah. to do it like that. But it, but it sort of seems like it's ramping up to something like that, and then it doesn't. And yeah, yeah. At that, that point, that, I was looking right. at it and going, "There's there's six minutes left of this film. What? How how are they can how's this going to resolve?" Well, and like, a, well, I think it's a problem that quite a lot of the later Hammer films have. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it, it is a shame because actually, you know, this is for me. This is really good. This is a really good film because I think it's a, it's a really good adaption of the um, of a book I really like. Um, mm. So, and here's a story for you, Paul. It was also one of the very last Hammer movies I ever watched because it was actually. I think it was quite hard to get hold of it back it was, in yeah. back in the nineties, and and the way I actually saw it in the end was um, I, I had to import it from America uh, like on okay, so it was an NTSC video. It cost thirty nine pounds, so by far the most I paid for. Um, I, I ever paid for one of these m- movies, but but I was just I was just I just had to see it, and there was no other way at, th- at that point. And the packaging it came in was so awful compared to what we were used to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw like American um, v- VHS packaging, but basically a little cardboard box, and it had yeah. terrible box art. Right. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and because it was NTSC, uh, the frame rate wasn't quite right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at least, at least I, I got to see it, and, and I, I loved it because actually, um, I think like the second Hammer film I ever saw was Lust for a Vampire, the sequel to this. Yeah. So I really wanted to see the original. That really wanted to see it, <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, you sort of don't need to see. Any of those films in any particular order, do you really? Oh no, no. I mean, it, it just, they don't really sort of. Fuck, they're, they're a loose trilogy. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is something else I, I put in, in, in the um, the thesis I wrote as well. It, it's quite it's quite in, interesting that um, in this film, Carmilla is a lesbian. In mm. Lust for a Vampire, she's bisexual. And in Twins of Evil, she's heterosexual. <laughs> it's, it's weird <laughs> how they change it. So um, yeah, she gets resurrected, Dracula, like like Dracula each time. But yeah. I think um, as it, as it goes away from the the, um, the source material, they just homogenise it into yeah. this is like the Hammer formula, <laughs> so. which is a shame because I do think smutty bits aside, this this 
does actually work on a slightly different level. I mean, it does start off where you think, yeah, this could be it, any old Hammer film a little bit, but it sort of deviates from the norm by by having these these extra sort of different strands. I th- I think that's I think that's right. I think there was enough enough that's different and fresh in it, and that's probably why it was a hit, you know, because because yeah. it, it 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 did it did change the formula enough. But and again with the prologue and, and also that was quite interesting. But they they also later on there's those dream scenes that they do in with both the girls where um, oh the attack yeah which is yeah. Where, where, where they're filmed in this kind of slightly silvery filtered black and white and with overlaid shots and it's it's all a bit kind of trippy there's some kind of cat creature that, well, that you only cat. see yeah very slightly yeah. Which, which which again is i think is just like interesting because in most vampire things it's it's a bat or wolf or something and, and I guess they've maybe chosen a cat because it's a female vampire. Well, I mean, it's cat's a cat. being a bit more feminine. It comes from the original. So, so, so those okay. dream sequences are in the original, are in the book. Um, okay. Yeah. And, but but and the, yeah, the, the theory still applies that, that uh, absolutely are much more feminine animals, aren't they? Well, and the thing is, the it doesn't make a lot of sense because there weren't like, Big cats in Australia. That's no. <laughs> Why would it be a big cat? Whereas wolves in Transylvania it does at least make sense. But yeah. 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 So, so I mean, yeah, I think Stoker maybe slightly to, yeah. But then, yeah, wolves we'll, we'll, we'll much more masculine. So, cats. I guess, are, I guess, I guess yeah, cats, big cats are a bit easier to dismiss as a just a silly dream or nightmare, I suppose, by the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's. Think that's right and in fact actually kate amara does do that by pointing out the the big fluffy cat and going look it, it was just his shadow stop being ridiculous in a slightly condescending way she does do that but then she she's french and so she doesn't realize either that like, like the local people do that there's loads of vampires all over the place <laughs> yeah. so i was quite interested in um one thing actually get onto the the, the the three sort of female leads in this three three female characters was I, I was kind of trying to work out what ages they were meant to be because because Maddie Smith seems quite young but still obviously a grown up um, Kate O'Mara is sort of like a governess and she seems quite young to be a governess she seems quite not that much older than maddie smith and 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 ingrid pitt seems to be perhaps a little bit older than the other two but is treated very much in the same way as maddie smith and i was trying to work out what were their ages meant to be and actually would would the governess have actually i mean it wouldn't have drawn in the same you know the same kind of uh, punters and audience or whatever if they had cast a, a, an older woman, I just wondered if that would, would, in some ways, that might have been a bit more interesting. So, um, do you know what I mean? Well, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, so, so 
there's, there's a whole backstory to this and you've got to be slightly careful because I, I don't want to I don't want to say this in a misogynist way <laughs> in no, a way no. that might come across as misogynist okay because um the whole I mean Ingrid Pitt is she was 32 when she yeah. made this film I believe right um but she's playing a character who's 23 and you right. know you, you know um that Carmilla is supposed to be 23 because a date of a birth year and a death year are on the okay coffee. yeah of course so she's 23, yeah. like eternally 23. Um, uh, um, but, but but she doesn't look... She no, doesn't I mean, I'm not... I'm not three. I'm sort of saying that I think she plays it older. Yeah. She doesn't play it in a... In a sort of... In a, do you know what I mean? She doesn't play it... She plays it like a, a, an older woman. So, yes, I and mean, of course, um, and she's obviously got actually centuries old. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, so, so that 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 makes good sense. But um, yeah. as to how old, um, I think Kate Amara's probably I mean, her then, character's probably meant to be thirty-ish because right. she's, she's a governess, this, so she has to have a certain of, amount of experience. Yeah, because yeah, none of this really sort of matters. In, no, but it, it no, just no. got me thinking that actually. I can I can see why they cast the the three actresses, you know, and partly because they're all good, but you know they're all sort of quite glamorous as well, which helps. So, um, but I was just wondering if the parts were. I don't know. I just felt that. Well, I mean, one of the stories was that um, the original uh, female actor proposed for the role of Camilla was Shirley Eaton. Yeah. Who was also thirty-two, but yeah. who was dismissed by James Carreras as as too old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but um, I think it might have been a slightly different film with Shelley Eaton. Um, now, uh, Maddie Madeline Smith. Uh, now she's clearly meant to be quite young because the like um, she's being. There's one scene where she's being taught. German, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and so she's essentially still school. Well, I'm probably not school age, but not no. not far far of it. But but of course, um, they have to be quite clear that she's not too young. Yeah, because yeah. because otherwise yeah. this film would be like banned everywhere now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so she must be 19 or 20 or something i think the character yeah. and probably the same for um laura yeah um no i was just i just I was just sort of and the uh obviously and it's a really good question because in the um in the sequel lust for a vampire um yeah. Car- carmilla is um kind of she's masquerading as a schoolgirl at this girl's yeah. finishing school isn't she which of course yeah this carmilla could never possibly do no <laughs> um so, so so yeah you can see that the 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 idea was possibly to have a slightly younger carmilla than they actually went for but i actually i love ingrid pitt's no she's she's performance brilliant. in it and, and i think she's and, yeah um, yeah, and pitches it dead right. But I think no, I just thought it was just an interesting, interesting choice. 
yeah, I, I, I think they were probably, I think they were probably lucky that or perceptive to go for her, even though she was probably yeah. too old based on the script. Yeah. But but then that happens. That actually, oh, that happens a lot. I mean, my wife was saying that all, all the all the girls and Derry girls are all in their late twenties. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> oh. No, they don't. They all are. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it doesn't. It sort of doesn't really matter. It was just. I, I, it was more the way they were played because because yeah, yeah. Mad, Maddie Smith plays it quite young and 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 Ingrid Pitt plays it a bit more on the same level as Kate O'Mara. So. Um, yeah, and I, and I just thought that 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 if Kate O'Mara was the governess, she would be the governess of somebody that was much much younger. Because again, it's not not a huge age difference. Um, and I suspect that perhaps in the original, I don't know if it's stated, but the original novel that the the uh, the victims probably are a bit younger than they are in the film. Yeah, I think I mean they're definitely teenagers in the book. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I which, think which obviously you you can't do because well in um in the mo- in the modern film um the the recent one I think uh, Carmilla and Laura who the main characters are fifteen right. <laughs> so that that's interesting too okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, but presumably, different... but it's but, but presumably they're not they're yeah. not in a film that's that's uh, basically no. being made for exploitation. <laughs> no, no, it's, that's obviously not an exploitation film. No, no. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and, and if, in, so in that film, which maybe well, we probably won't cover it to be honest, but um, only because it's not really a horror film because uh, the the idea is that um, Carmilla isn't a vampire at all. <laughs> it, it it's mm. um it's the the the, the madam paradon figure is is like a crazy repressed um puritan and and she's right. yeah <laughs> um it, but it, but it's it, i mean it's really interesting but um yeah so so but and it's but it's it doesn't use any of the dialogue from the book or anything. It like va- vaguely sticks to the to the plot, but but differently. Yeah. Um. So it's like that, and that's why I say I think this is still um, the closest ad- adaptation. Vampire Lovers yeah. is the closest adaptation to what's actually in in the novella. Yeah. No. It, it's 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 a good it's a good film. The, the, the only other thing I had that I wanted to say was that, that um, seems like many years ago now, which it probably was, but I went to a screening of Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell that was held in a crypt. Um, you couldn't go for some reason. I can't remember why. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, and That's it, annoying. And, yeah, and they had um, uh, a question and answer session with Madeline Smith, and she told a story about this film in that she was quite I think as a teenager she suffered a little bit from anorexia um, and and then had some help sort of get over that um, and when she originally auditioned for this film they she and, and got the part when the preparation run up to the film they that she didn't know that there were going to be nude scenes or 
and that sort of thing. Um, and then they obviously told her that she was going to be doing that, um, which she sort of agreed to do. Um, the, in the run up to it, they, they, they apparently she was saying that they, they kept said that she was too skinny and kept feeding her lots of high fat food. So she kept having lots of, uh, they kept feeding her lots, giving her lots of sort of high fat yogurts and various other things um, in order to kind of fill her out a bit, which is kind of fairly awful. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah. Did, did, did it, did it help with her, um, <laughs> her anorexia, or did it do the opposite? I think I think she I think by that point she she was okay. Good. It got over that. I think it was a sort of teenage thing, but I think that was the reason why she was quite sort of slight. And they basically the producers didn't think she was sort of buxom enough uh, and wanted to fatten her up, which is kind of quite horrible. I mean, the way she told it, she told it in quite a sort of jokey way. It sounds quite, <laughs> but, but thinking about quite it, traumatic, doesn't it? And I think horrendous. And I think that that kind of, you, you know, I mean, a film like this, I mean, you you can't make these kinds of things um, now. Um, not like this because no. of the the exploitation element is just so like yeah, people are so concerned about rightly concerned about what this does to the the actors involved and how you can you shouldn't really treat people like like that or yeah. or, or indeed depict things in that way i mean um but i mean it's not it's not an offense there's nothing offensive in in the film it's just that no. <laughs> yeah he, it's it, it's just that the the certain scenes are just very obviously there um for the dads to use old parlance <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason for them, those scenes to be there or shot in that particular way. Um, well, I, I mean, not shot in that particular way, but no. But 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 you it, you, you know it could I, be it could be more subtly done. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I, I agree with you. Yes. I agree with you, um, but yeah, uh, but I'm not saying I think nudity in films is bad, but obviously it's a lot. <laughs> um, there's a lot, a lot of uh, considerations uh, th- these days. You have to do it yeah. very yeah. tastefully with the total agreement of everyone involved, because otherwise you get you get horrible court cases. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, I mean that's a very downbeat place to end it, but. But I just thought I would mention but, that story. I was I was going to try and mention it earlier, and then it didn't crop up. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the only other thing I'll say about Madeline Smith is, uh, yeah, I mean, she's really good, and she has that kind of like childlike innocence quality, which is really yeah. good for the, um, for for the character, and 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 also that you know that Kamala can corrupt it which is a good yeah. journey for characters to go on and i think i watched her um i, I really like frankenstein the monster from hell as well but i think yeah. i watched her in um the amazing miss 
No, I didn't watch. I did watch her in the Amazing Mr. Blunden. The new one, I think she cameos in it because okay. because her character because um, the, the, there is a character that she played in the original that is kind of like um um like a, a girl trapped in the body of a grown woman or something like okay. that. So so uh, yeah, so I think I think she 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 was quite good at she was obviously quite good at um, that that quality of of um, yeah yeah innocence, but but then yeah. also being an adult. I can absolutely recommend if you ever get the chance to go and see her interviewed at a panel or anything like that. She's really good fun, and she's she's like a kind of slightly dotty aunt. There we go. That that's an upbeat place to end. She's she's good. (laughs) Right. Well, on 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 that, you you know, reassuring bombshell. (laughs) I've been Chris Denton, and I'm still for Monk. Good night.